Welcome to Spilling the Title Tea, where we talk a lot about life and a little about business. Your host, Ashley Ramsey, will be sitting down with guests from all different sectors of the real estate industry to tell you their real life stories. From hardships to triumphs and business to personal lives, we promise to bring you the tea. Welcome to another episode of Spilling the Title Tea. Today's guest is Ross Sykes, who is a mortgage advisor with Homefront Lending in Fairhope, Alabama. Welcome to the show, Ross. Thank you for having me, Ashley. I appreciate the opportunity. Well, Ross, as a mortgage advisor, you have to be very familiar with all the different loan products that exist out there, which there are a lot more than people probably even realize. But you are an expert on VA loans, and that's because you were a veteran yourself at one point in time. So I know that means that veterans are near and dear to your heart. Do you mind sharing a little bit of information with our audience about your time in the Air Force? Sure. Um, my time in the Air Force was a really cool experience. I was able to do some air medical evacuation out of planes where we went and helped patients at different places. And then from there, went on and did some wireless operations for a major command at McDill Air Force Base, Florida. So, you know, it was something I always wanted to do. I always wanted to serve my country. And the opportunity arose from someone I met in college and he was joining and I joined with him and we hit the ground running. So it was an amazing experience and helped shape a lot of who I am as an individual. And I'll tell you, it's rewarding. And just being a part of the traditions that make up the military, more importantly, the people. So it was an amazing experience. Well, it sounds like it. And I can't imagine being in a situation where you're trying to medevac folks. Right. And sometimes it was some of the worst situations that occur when I think it puts things in life and a different perspective in regards to, you know, we all have our struggles every day or our obstacles and the obstacle is always the way. But, you know, there are other people that are dealing with things a lot more major than us, such as whether it's a loss of limb or a major injury while in military service is not fun, but to experience it and see it firsthand, it basically makes you appreciate life a little bit more in the time that we have here. Yeah. And I can't imagine that it wouldn't also make you appreciate what other people give up for us to have the freedom in this country that we have. Yes. I think sometimes in the real estate industry, I've seen many times where these veterans are treated fairly. And that's part of my calling. That's part of why I became an expert with the VA loan product is because I've seen opportunities and where, you know, there were veterans who gave back to our country and are still serving, but they didn't have access to the same rights. Even though from a guideline perspective, they have access. It's really going to the open market and trying to make offers where sometimes you had sellers or listing agents that would not even even entertain a VA loan and they would take a conventional over that. And I think a lot of that was just lack of education. It still continues and I'm still banging that drum in the local community, letting people know that, you know, the VA loan product is the best loan product out there. And the percentage of home loans that close using the VA loan is greater than the ones that go and attempt to go through a conventional loan. And a lot of people don't know that. So it's a struggle sometimes, but I believe everything in life when we want change starts with a conversation and that's why I'm hyper-focused in regards to, you know, these guys or girls that serve, you know, they deserve have access and equal and fair treatment when it comes to buying a home. Absolutely. 
you know, in my mind, I would argue that they deserve better access for the sacrifices that they've made. But at a minimum, they deserve equal access, like you're saying. And I think it is education. I think for whatever reason, you know, maybe agents and sellers themselves just don't understand. They have a stereotype about, well, oh, this is, you know, there's difficult guidelines when it comes to VA purchasers. But most of that is a myth. And I think that you're right. Education is the key to breaking down those barriers and making people understand that that's just not accurate. Exactly. You know, it's part of us on the ground floor pushing the fight forward to have change and have the realization through knowledge and education within the community and with people within the industry so they know what they're getting when they get it versus just going based on, well, 10 years ago, this is what I heard. Well, what was 10 years ago is not now. Now, realistically, the product's great. And you know that gives us further, I want to say, guidance in moving forward as we continue to create change within the industry. One of my next goals that I'm a part of, as well as pushing for change across the entire United States, specifically when it comes to veterans, right? So Ashley, you know, when a veteran's going to get at a home and we're at closing, a lot of times if there's property taxes, right? Even though it's a 100% total and permanent disabled veteran, we should be able to waive those property taxes because after they get into the home, they go file the information with the clerk's office and everything. And then from there, it becomes tax exempt at the next tax year, right? As of the following October. So veterans that number one, have to qualify with that property taxes, even though they shouldn't have to pay it. And then they have to pay it all the way up until that exemption goes into effect with the county property taxes and everything. And it's more of a state issue. So we've been leading the fight in Washington and talking to several legislators across the state of Alabama. There's been other states like the state of Maryland just got it approved to where you don't have to qualify a veteran based on property taxes. And also, you don't have to have the veteran pay property taxes as of day one, they get into that mortgage. So we're leading the fight here in the state of Alabama to create change. They have the opportunity and they've earned that right. So that is where we're going and where we're hyper-focused in regards to getting veterans what they deserve. That's amazing. You know, it's not an easy task to change the directory of laws. So I applaud you for that. And who better to advocate for veterans than a veteran? Right. And you know, it's been great is the conversations we've had have been people that aren't veterans that are also a part of it because they believe just like you do, Ashley, that they should be afforded those extra rights. And, you know, a dollar is a dollar, but one dollar sometimes makes a difference whether someone gets approved for a loan or not, or able to buy a home versus paying rent. And we know rental prices aren't going down across the U.S. at all. So Absolutely. So just continue to lead change. And I think everybody needs to have a goal in life. And that's one of my goals to fight for those rights to those veterans. And we're very lucky in the state of Alabama. State of Alabama is a very veteran-rich environment. The people, the delegates here within our great state of Alabama really have a heart for veterans. So it starts with a conversation. But not everybody knows about this until the conversation is started. So now we're starting the conversations and seeing what we can do to lead to creating, to make Alabama a disabled vet tax exempt, true tax exempt state. And I mean, that's not going to do anything but help the state. That means you're going to get an influx, you know, of people moving there for those benefits. I mean, why wouldn't you? 
Right. What's been said based on statistics, and this comes directly from the Department of Veteran Affairs, in the lower five counties of Alabama, there's more veterans per population growth than anywhere else in the entire United States. And a lot of people didn't know that statistic, but it's true. And you know, you hear a lot, and we've heard that, you know, 22 a day, where 22 veterans a day have committed suicide. Well, actually, in the state of Alabama, it's higher than that. And I think the reason it's higher than that is because we have a bigger population. So, as you have population, the one thing that's good, a lot of people is like, well, my vote means nothing. Well, one vote makes a big difference and continue to adapt changes, see what we can do. But, you know, we're pushing forward to try to get something passed and see what we can do to give back, but also to give people their rights that they deserve. Absolutely. So I'm going to ask you, Ross, I mean, coming out of military life into civilian life and, you know, kind of forging a way through and opening doors for yourself for new career goals and roles. How was that transition? Because, you know, I think that a lot of people tend to struggle transitioning from a really structured military life into civilian life. Ashley, it was different. A lot of like feeling lost, not knowing how to assimilate yourself back into the local community. Because, you know, when you're in the military, you separate yourself completely from the military because your job is your job 24-7. And, you know, assimilating back into the community, at first I was lost because I was just like, what am I going to do next? So just as I met more people and spoke to other veterans who have been through it, through the change and everything, it kind of helped easily with the transition in regards to doing what I do. You know, I never thought in a million years I'd be a mortgage worker. I thought I'd be a lifelong military member. Like I said, I served my eight years. I got out. And then again, a lot of not knowing what to do, my next objective was going to be. But, you know, I eventually yeah, I landed and did some investigation work for the government for a number of years. And I still didn't feel fulfilled. It wasn't until I got into the mortgage business that I felt 100% fulfilled in what I do. And I love to serve people, number one. But number two, I like the strategy. That's one thing I do love about being in this industry and being in business is the strategy. What makes people do what they do when they do it? And it's allowed me to push myself. And, you know, I've made mistakes. I think, you know, as well as I do, Ashley, sometimes you learn through the mistakes. Oh, absolutely. And, yeah, there's a reason why it's happening, right? But it's been awesome. It's been rewarding. Sometimes you know, it's been a struggle, but it's just what you don't know is what you don't know, right? So as I continue to arm myself with tools and skills to make myself better each day, I've definitely felt an impact with myself, both personally and professionally. So you've intrigued me by saying investigation work for the government. And that sounds very official. I don't know if you can even talk about that, but that sounds very interesting. It was interesting. I basically did, it's more glorified name than what it is. I was a special agent. I'm working for the Office of Director of National Intelligence, and that was the Office of Personnel Management, where I led and conducted investigations throughout South Florida and eventually moved here to Alabama. And basically, I did the background investigations for people getting access to sensitive information. And one thing that was really cool is one day I'd be interviewing a military member. The next day, I'd be interviewing a state attorney. Next day, I'd be interviewing a contractor side talk to people from all walks of life. I think that's why I can talk to everybody. But just I led that in regards to making sure we're protecting the national security and make sure we all have any 
bad guys or girls trying to infiltrate our government or military. So I did that for about 13 years and I liked it, but I didn't love it near the end. The title, when I first got in, I thought it was cool, but you know, titles aren't everything. Amen. So that's where, you know, I took my first leap of faith in life and I prayed about it for about four months and said, you know, I'm going to make the transition. So I resigned and came out and then got into the mortgage business and been doing that ever since for about, you know, six and a half years now. I love that you said that you felt like your time there was what made it easy for you to be able to talk to just about anybody. Because I just think it's so funny when you look back on your life, you know, things are always 2020 in hindsight, they say. But it's like everything that you do, everything you go through, whether that's work, whether that's personal, whatever, it prepares you for the next phase. You just reminded me of something I heard a few weeks ago from a good friend. You grow through what you go through. And that is more an exact like definition of what you were just saying. Things don't happen to you. They happen for you. And just having that mindset, yes, it's hard to have that mindset as you're not around people who have the same type of mindsets to surround yourself with people who are like you and think like you and want more in a life like you. But yeah, you know, there's been a lot of things that happen to a lot of people. And I think everybody's had something happen to them once in their life for them to harness it, learn from it, adapt and move forward and understand there's a reason why they went through it. Yeah, I think nothing is wasted. And I think that if we can approach every struggle that way to know that there's a silver lining, you know, no matter how difficult it is, I think that if you can keep that kind of a positive attitude and mindset that you just come through things better to begin with. Exactly. So a little earlier, you were talking about how, you know, you felt really lost and struggling to assimilate back into, you know, civilian life. Do you think that that's why there is such an issue with veteran suicide? I believe so. I think when people leave something that they know inside and out from a structured environment, and then you get out of that, I mean, your environment that you're in is what dictates who you are and how you're at. So I think coming out into the civilian community, you don't have the structure you had before. I mean, a lot of people have the structure arm gained in them. That's just what they've done. But I believe sometimes they start hanging out with people who aren't like them or don't think like that. And that leads to, you know, one alcoholic beverage leads to another and one drug leads to another and that's where it goes. But also, I think when they're transitioning out and coming into the civilian sector, I mean, you got to think about there were some guys and girls that were doing some pretty fierce stuff and seeing things that, you know, the human should not even witness in the mind. So, they're doing a better job these days, there's still work that always needs done. But, you know, it's a transition that your mind and your mind can be your enemy sometimes. So I think as, you know, people focus more on the transition of the veteran and the military does a better job in regards to separating individuals the right way, that's very important. And, you know, I listened to a video last week on YouTube and this guy was talking about like, People who get addicted to drugs, who get addicted to alcohol, what are some of the reasons they go and get treatment and rehab and they go back to it? Well, they go to the treatment and rehab, so they change their environment. But it doesn't change who they are if they go right back to that environment they were in before. Yeah. Changing the environment around you will dictate where you lead or if you ever get healed or you continue that battle every day. Right. You can't go back to the same people, the same places, the same things and expect to be able to change. Right. Yeah, that makes all kinds of sense. Obviously, you were able to 
successfully assimilate back into civilian life. And, you know, I think that ability to adjust, I mean, not everybody has the ability to adjust on the fly or adjust from, you know, their transitions well. And I think that that's probably why you're so successful in the mortgage industry, because it's an industry where you have to be able to go with the flow and adjust on a whim and kind of roll with the tide, I guess. <laughs> it's a good way right. to it because it's always changing. And, you know, I can't help but think that that's just an innate characteristic that you have to have to be able to be successful in this industry. Exactly. And, you know, the only constant is change. But as you adapt to guidelines, different situations. And I think the more situations you interact with, like, you know, being in the business for about six and a half years, I still see things every now and then that I've never even seen before. I always say, well, you can't make this. But, you know, when it comes to that, that's when you being solution driven and focusing on not the problem itself, but the solution. Because we can all harp on problems sometimes when it comes to one thing or another, because things happen in life, right? Things happen in our careers or in our jobs on a daily basis. So be able to adapt and overcome and focus on the solution. And at the end of the day, provide the service that you said you're going to provide. Amen. Well, I think, you know, a part of what you're talking about here, focusing on the solution and not the problem, that's a mindset of positivity. Not everyone is gifted with automatically going to the positive. I mean, there are just some people, I call them negative Nellies. There are just some negative Nellies in the world that you could give them the exact same thing that they asked for and they would find a problem with it. How do you take someone like that and teach them, or can you even teach them to have that kind of a positive outlook on life? I think you can. The way I do it, when I have people around me that sometimes tend to go towards the negative or always focusing on the problem, all I can control in that situation is me and how I react. And when they're like that or being that way, I feel like that's an opportunity for me to be even more positive and be more grateful and humble that, you know, there's somebody has got to worsen you right now and just be positive and show ways to help them. I mean, it's always easy just to go in and be like them, right? It's easy to go negative. It's easy to think about the hard things, but easy is not the way. The obstacle is the way. So we continue to be positive on a daily basis and you hope that they get that through the attrition. I think my kids, they're really positive too. And they're always smiling and giggling and full of life. They have their moments. But overall, I think the way they see we're being as parents and where we're being as friends, where we're being as in the business or whatnot, as industry leaders, they see that and people around you see that. And, you know, people flock to positivity. I think that's why I have so many friends and so people I know because I, you know, I, I lead the day that, you know, I've seen the bad and all I choose to see anymore is the good and looking at the best things in life. And sometimes when things happen, they happen when least expected, right? But I mean, you don't plan on catastrophe. No, you never do. But, you know, just focusing on what you can control. There are a lot of uncontrollables in life. So all we can focus on is what we control. And all I can do every day is focus on myself and how I react and how I can control my controllables. I like that. That reminds me of a saying, I don't know if it was a meme or what that I saw where it talks about, you know, you can't control the situation, but you can control how you react to the situation. And I think that that's good advice. You know, you just have to get a hold of 
what you do have control over, which most of the time, obviously, is going to be your attitude, your outlook, the things you say, the way you act, and make an intentional effort to keep those in a positive light and to stay on what I call the high road. I always tell people, you got to stay on the high road. There's no traffic there. Very true. Have misery loves company, right? <laughs> so true. <laughs> Well, oh, goodness. Well, Ross, I just want to thank you so much for being a guest on the show today. You had some great advice that I hope our listeners really take to heart. And to the audience, I will say, you know, we're going to put all of Ross's contact information in the podcast description. So if you have lending needs down in Alabama, especially if you're a veteran, please reach out to him. You can see that he has a heart to serve the community and a heart to do just the absolute best job he can possibly do to take care of his clients. Thank you so much, Ross. I can't say enough about the work that you're doing. Thank you. Can I do a shout out to something real quick? Oh, absolutely. Hey, it's something I wanted to put out there real quick, the Helper Act. If you haven't heard of it, go to passthehelperact.org. Basically, it's another mission that we're doing because, you know, we're talking about veterans, right? And getting the service and the things that they deserve. But there's also the Helper Act, which I just went to Washington about a month ago and talked to some legislators in regards to passing this act and getting some support behind this act. It's HR 3170 or S1514. But what this is going to do, this is going to be a game changer. What it's going to do, it's going to enable first responders and teachers, police, firefighters, and those EMT professionals to get into a home loan with zero down, just like the VA loan. So it's got a lot of support through the House and through the Senate. So that's part of another huge role because, you know, these people who are in our communities, they see things every day that, you know, we don't always see. So this is our way of giving back and make homeownership more affordable to them. Because we know that those individuals that are serving in our community, most of them aren't making six figures a year. They don't get paid a whole lot. So it's going to allow them to get into a home and, you know, they continue to serve the American people and protect us every day. So it's going to be something similar to the VA loan, but there's pretty much we're not going to have any mortgage insurance, no down payment. It's going to follow like the FHA loan with no down payment and no mortgage insurance. So this is something we're going. So Helper Act, HR 3170, S1514. If you hear about it, see about it. If you know any local legislators or representatives or congressmen that you talk to in your local communities, ask them if they've heard about it. And if you have any questions about that, feel free to reach out to me. That's amazing. We're going to put that information in the podcast description too, so that people have the link to go to that site. And absolutely, we need to be on board with reaching out to our local representation to get this passed. Again, I mean, I can't say enough about the work that you're doing, you know, for the people in our community that serve all of us. And it's just amazing. Thank you. It's not me. It's people who have heart and getting that access to people who deserve it. You know, it just it humbles me to be a part of it. And I'm just looking forward to seeing change and change where it needs to happen more than anything. And if I can be a part of that, I mean, I might only have one conversation or a couple conversations, but everything leads with that and taking action to adapt change to, you know, make an impact for generations and legacies whenever I'm gone. So that's what it's all about. It's about people. Actually, you know, we're not in the mortgage industry, in the title industry, we're in the people industry. And what we can do to give back is 
just be a part of creating positive change through our communities and across the U.S. because we do live in the greatest country in the entire world. Well, I couldn't agree with you more on all of those points. And like I said, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to share all this information with our audience today. And again, audience, all of this information is going to be in the podcast description. So, you know, please go and visit all the links and please reach out to Ross, both for your lending needs or if you have questions about these products that he's trying to get past and ways that you can get involved and help. I'm sure that he would love to share that information. Thank you so much for joining us on another episode of Spilling the Title Team, where we talk a little bit about business and a lot about life. That's all the tea we have for you this week. Thanks for tuning in. Please be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode of Spilling the Title Tea and visit us online for more valuable resources at springdaletitle.com. Oh,